So before I get rolling um, on today's podcast, I just wanted to do a little preamble here. Uh, the bulk of the podcast was recorded a long time ago, weeks, maybe over a month. While I was still doing my counseling internship, I was uh, just sitting at my desk. I had some downtime, and I read uh, some articles and listened to some podcasts, watched some videos um, by a guy named Brant Courtright, who put out a book about neurogenesis, which is the growth of new brain cells, and um, uh, neurogenesis and the, the role that that has on brain health and holistic health. And it's a pretty interesting thesis. Um, I didn't actually read his book, but I, you know, I listened to several of his talks. Um, and I, I got his general thesis and just kind of responded to it right there uh, while I had a little bit of downtime. And the audio quality is pretty bad. The S's are annoyingly sibilant, and you can just, uh, whatever, the audio quality sucks. But Apologize for that, but I still wanted to um, preserve my initial response to Courtright's ideas, and also just use this as a as a way to get me back into podcasting. So like I mentioned, um, you know, I was doing my counseling internship. My semester ended a few weeks ago. I actually graduated, so I am now on the job market trying to uh, find counseling jobs. I've got a few applications out. Interviews presumably will start soon, so I'm in that process, and um, I may or may not have some weeks off here to dive a little bit more into uh, sort of the backlog of articles and interesting things that I I've uh, wanted to read and reflect on. So um, hopefully there'll be a little more podcasting uh, in the next few weeks while I still have you know time to do it. But anyway. Uh, without further ado, I will give you my thoughts about neurogenesis, the neurogenesis diet, and um, how all that may or may not to uh, relate to brain health and uh, holistic health in general. So I was listening to a podcast the other day, and um, I was made aware of uh, a new book by an old professor of mine, Dr. Brant Courtright from the California Institute of Integral Studies. Um, he's written a book called The Neurogenesis Diet. And his basic thesis is that um, neurogenesis, which is the continued growth of brain cells, that there's evidence that um, neurogenesis happens uh, beyond our 20s, which is I guess a relatively new discovery. And not only can new brain cells grow um, throughout our life, but there are certain diet and lifestyle changes that can support the rate of neurogenesis and just brain health in general. And of course, on the flip side, there are certain things that um, decrease the rate of neurogenesis and uh, diminish our brain health. Um, and a lot of that, uh, you know, in one sense is, a uh, obvious, uh, a lot of the things that he puts forth, um, in his book. Now, let me make clear, I haven't actually read the book, but I listened to a podcast of him giving a public talk on the book and, uh, a few other, um, interviews 
and uh, talks that he gave that are available on YouTube. And I'll have all those linked um, on the blog post that corresponds to this uh, podcast. This is a, just a, as an aside, it's a, I don't know if this is a good trend or a bad trend in my intellectual life. I'm, I'm reading a lot fewer full-length books and, uh, you know, watching talks and listening to podcasts. And, you know, once I get the general thesis and the gist of an author or someone who's putting forth an idea, sometimes I just then don't feel the need to read the book. And, you know, I think it's okay. I mean, you only have so many hours in the day, but also, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit embarrassed to even be commenting on somebody's book when I haven't read it. So let me just, uh, let me put it this way. I'm commenting more on um, his talks um, that he's given on this, uh, this topic of the neurogenesis diet. But anyway, so the, you know, the general idea is, like I mentioned, that uh, neurogenesis, or more specifically, the rate of neurogenesis is supposedly one of the most important biomarkers for brain health. And again, um, you know, some of the things that you would expect, and, and Courtright has apparently um, done a lot of research on this. He, he talked about um, spending years going through the research on this subject and some things that you would expect in terms of lifestyle, like aerobic exercise, um, meditation, uh, getting good sleep, that sort of thing, all uh, increase the rate of neurogenesis and um, lead to a healthy brain. And a lot of the things you'd expect go against that, um, you know, chronic stress, that sort of thing, decreases the rate of neurogenesis. And so, you know, most of that, like I said, is pretty obvious and is really like an earth-shattering thesis. Um, but the the title of his book is has, is The Neurogenesis Diet. And this is where... I get a little bit lost um, when I was watching um, and listening to his talks because um, when it comes to the science of diet and what a healthy diet is, there's so much contradictory stuff out there. It really can be quite dizzying. So Courtright, you know, has, again, supposedly gone through, quote-unquote, the research on this. And um, apparently there's a lot of research on there about what types of foods increase the rate of neurogenesis or that, you know, protect newly um, formed brain cells from dying off. And I don't know how um, overhyped the science is or how preliminary uh, some of these studies are. I know that there's a tendency when any, anyone's putting out a theory or making a hypothesis, we tend to um, make too much out of preliminary science that supports our, our theories. And um, we sort of diminish or uh, brush aside uh, research that presents some sort of contradiction. So I don't know, a few flags went up when I was listening to him talk about diet only because I've heard so many contradictory things about you know, what's supposed to be good for you and what's not supposed to be good. And then every year it seems to change. So this is just an area where I struggle and I just have a hard time trusting that uh, Courtright's take on the science here is, um, represents any kind of consensus. Because, you know, I know YouTube comments are a terrible gauge of anything, but if you look at some of the YouTube comments on his talks, there's so many people disputing just about every point he makes when it comes to nutrition. And uh, some of the stuff, you know, 
seems to be common sense and that I would go with, you know, with like blueberries and, and leafy greens and in general um, things that, you know, there seems to be a, a, a consensus that things that are good for you are just good for you. And maybe another way that they're good for you that I hadn't considered is this, you know, they support brain health or increase the rate of neurogenesis. So anyway, when he goes into the specifics of the diet, I, I do tend to get a little bit, uh, a little bit lost. Another thing um, that he mentions and that other commenters on diet have mentioned that, again, fuels my skepticism is that they talk about the toxicity of certain foods. For instance, a sugar is toxic. You hear this all the time. And that uh, sugar is just absolutely horrible for the, you know, rate of neurogenesis. And that, you know, eating processed sugars is going to lead to an unhealthy brain and have all these effects. But the, the truth of the matter, and I know this is only anecdotal, but um, because I'm conflicted and sort of made dizzy by the, all the claims and the interpretations of the science, I tend to rely a little more on my personal experience and anecdotes than I might otherwise. But so, I mean, I personally ate, you know, mountains of sugar as a kid, you know, fruit loops for breakfast, you know, all kinds of snacks and sodas all day long. And I just have a hard time believing that I was ingesting a toxin. I, you know, I was, I was eating poison and that, you know, somehow, even though I was eating tremendous amounts of this uh, supposed poison, it had no negative effects whatsoever on me. I mean, my childhood, teens, early 20s, all this time when I was eating tons of processed sugars and processed foods in general, I felt great. My brain, um, by any measure, was working at a high level, and I felt great. I slept well. So this, this is what confuses me. I mean, maybe I could buy that, you know, the toxic effects don't show up until later in life. Um, and, of course, I don't eat that way now. Um, because I have been convinced it's not good for me and so forth. But just the, that hard line that, you know, sugar is a toxin, um, it just, it, it strikes me as unbelievable and it has to strike others the same way, you know, when you're eating it and uh, you're seeing that it's not having these effects on you. I want to know then, well, how, how could it be a, a toxin um, uh, in that it just seems too strong of a claim. But anyway, I could be wrong on that. It could be just a long-term thing. I know that, I mean, you could smoke a cigarette and say, hey, I still feel fine, so what, this is just a bunch of bull, but cigarettes are bad for you. You know, it does take time for negative effects to show up. But again, this could be just, and I'm sure it is a shortcoming of mine, that um, when it comes to diet, um, this is a huge weak spot for me in the integral health, holistic health uh, realm. And so I'm not going to, again, um, this is, it's a weak critique of Courtright's thesis. Given I haven't read the book, I haven't looked at the evidence, I'm just kind of reacting to um, what feels like maybe a little hype. And in general, when you see the marketing of this book, you know, like this idea of, you know, unleashing your brain's potential and all this, the neuro... Uh, the neuroscience uh, hype in general that you see in the media and some of these um, some of these health claims again red flags go up for me because as far as I know 
you know, neuroscience is in its early stages and it's, it's really ripe for being overhyped and oversold in so many ways. And I definitely see that in the mental health field. And uh, I think, you know, um, it's just a, a popular gimmick to oversell neuroscience to advance whatever uh, agenda or theory you have out there because people see photographs of brains and things quote unquote lighting up in the brain and they that sounds really sciencey to them and it sort of gives some credibility to you know whatever thesis is being put forth so I don't know I think it's interesting um, I definitely uh, I dig this guy's vibe I mean you know it's been 20 years or so since I've sat down with uh, Brant Courtright he was a, a good professor I think I took a like a counseling class with him and uh, he just he does feel like he's a, a genuine um, person and it, that comes across in the talks as well that I've linked to but this is something uh, just to put under the category of you know I need I need to to read more and, and learn more about this but um, I do like the way that he grounds everything in the health of the brain you know he, he, he puts forth an integral model you know he He's from the California Institute of Integral Studies, and they have their own integral model of you know body, mind, heart, spirit, um, levels of being. And uh, he is definitely someone who understands that uh, everything shows up in the brain. All experience is a reflection of functioning of the brain, and he can talk about this in a way that doesn't sound reductionistic and of course isn't reductionistic and this is one of the the more difficult things of trying to uh, articulate anything in a integral or a holistic or a biopsychosocial way is there's so much confusion um, when it comes to how to really understand a biopsychosocial holistic integral integrative model of anything